0: is
1: real there's power in your name we find hope we trust in your ways we need real Jesus is
0: real do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. See, when you believe lies and falsehood, then you tell lies to one another out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Paul is saying, listen, don't lie. Why? Because you put off the old person. You're new in Christ.
1: Before we become sons and daughters of the King of heaven, we're basically governed by the prince of this world, Satan. He's the father of lies and sin. And until Jesus takes our sins away, we belong to Him. Once we're made new through the cross, though, we're not the same people. Pastor Daniel reminds us today that because of this, we shouldn't act as we used to either. We need to make a fresh start with Jesus as the model we build our life upon. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Proverbs chapter 30 with part two of his message Two Things.
0: If you don't have anything else, maybe that should be the thing that you focus on. Lord, I want my journey in this life, however long it is, I want it to be a life that brings glory to your name and blessing to other people. See, it's a big idea that you grab onto. because You know what happens if you don't have one of those big ideas, then your life just happens. You pretend like you're a passive participant, but you're not. You're actively making decisions. You're intentionally making bad decisions so that your life ends up somewhere. Nobody makes your decisions for you. So keep it simple, though. i could be like, I want these 97 things. It's like, we're coming up on Christmas time. How many of you remember your Christmas lists when you were a kid? It's like, now kids are making like flow charts with their Christmas gifts. You know what I mean? It's like 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 if I get this thing, then I want these four things. But if I don't get this thing, if I get this thing, then I get this. If I don't get either of those, then I really want this thing. Or you just put it in my retirement savings, mom. You know what I mean? And so the idea is like things are getting more like just big ideas. Keeping it simple. When I think of keeping it simple, I think of Second Corinthians chapter one verse twelve. It's such a beautiful verse where it says, "For our boasting is this: the testimony of our conscience that we conducted ourselves in this world." in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God and more abundantly toward you. I love that. See, Paul is saying, listen, we lived our lives in simplicity. How many think I need to simplify my life a little bit right now? It's amazing. And that's why there's a whole movement now that's called minimalism, which is all about, you know, or they call it essentialism, that you need to really decide, like, what is really essential for my life? You can do all these things, but what's core? What's the most important things? When you look around, almost everyone, yeah, I need a simple, I need to break this thing down. I need need to simplify this thing back. So my friends, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Now, what does Augur say that he wants to keep simple? Now, first, notice what it says in verse eight, remove falsehood and lies far from me. Now, I like to say this this way, my friends, lies be gone. Lies be Now, this idea of remove lies and falsehood, see, what he's saying is he wants his life to be founded upon the truth, not things that are lies and not things that are false. Now, this is huge because really... Our beliefs, and in my book, Upward, Inward, Outward, we talk about this, that your upward drives your inward and your outward, right? And so for me, Jesus is the truth. The only person who's ever lived, the only teaching that you can follow that is pure truth is Jesus, because Jesus is the truth. He doesn't just teach the truth, he is the truth, right? Now, if Jesus is center in your life, then all the decisions you make flow out of that center, And what Augur's saying is, I want to make sure that the core of who I am is filled with truth. And anything that's a lie that I believe, or any falsehood that I could live my life out of, I want it to be removed from me. And not just removed, but he wants it to be removed far from me. So Agar's prayer is that his life, and he's saying, God, don't deprive me of this before I die. I want my life to be founded on the truth, and I want my life to be a life of complete and total integrity. See why I say this is about character, about who he is, and why he is the way that he is. Now, when I say that, remove lies and falsehood far from me. I think in all of our hearts, there's some lies or falsehood that we buy into that if we really think about, we realize it needs to be removed far from me. You know what I found in this life? And I see it in my own heart, see it in almost everyone I know, is that everyone's got strengths and weaknesses, right? And for the things that we're strong on, we're like, yeah. And the things that we're weak on, we find ways to justify it so that we actually don't have to own it. You know what I mean? And if you've been in church long enough, what you find is Christians are really good at justifying biblically things that aren't the heart of God. they are lies and falsehoods, but we're so used to like, well, this is how I am and and this is why. And so really what Augur's saying is that, Jesus, I want my life to be all about you because you're the truth. And I want any lie that I believe, any falsehood that I carry in my heart, I want you to separate it from me. There's so many verses that I could grab. I just grabbed a couple because, I mean, it was funny. I got, I started doing searches on lies and falsehood in the Bible. Listen, I want to encourage you all to do that. I got blessed because I read a whole bunch of different verses. I pondered them and thought about them, but I want you to be blessed to do that. You know what I mean? It's like, you're like, well, how do you do that? That's why God invented Google. You know what I mean? Well, really, guys in Silicon Valley did, but God leveraged it just finding their lies in the Bible, falsehood in the Bible. Right? So look at this. I got this one for you first. Psalm 119, 163. It says, I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law. Now what's powerful about this is Psalm 119 is the single longest song or chapter in your entire Bible. But he ties the understanding of lying with God's law. Now, I think that's important because if you back up just a few verses in Proverbs 30, notice what it says in verse 5, Proverbs 30, verse 5. It says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. A liar. And then he says, these two things I ask of you, deprive me not before I die, that you remove falsehood and lies from me. So my friends, what I want to tell you, you want to know when you're believing a lie, you're believing falsehood, you get in the word. The Bible the word of God, the book why? because the book not only tells you what's right but it says that because the word of God is living and powerful and it's sharper than any two edged sword and it goes down to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow and it goes down and discerns the thoughts and the intents of our hearts, see we don't just need the right information, we actually need the living word of God, the Bible to go down and divide what is indivisible, soul and spirit, joints and marrow, no scientist can divide down to where the the spirit and the soul ends, right? And not only does it tell you where the division is, it actually discerns for you the things that are in your heart and the motivations behind it. And this is why, my friends, this church has always been founded on the word of God. This is why if you see churches starting to slide, it's always they start to slide on the word. Why? Because the human heart stands in the light of the word. In need of a savior. All of us have lies and falsehood that we believe. All of us. Not one of us. If we were to truly look at our lives. Would say in every way. My life lines up. That every belief that I have about myself. And other people. And God. And the world that I live in. Every single belief is rock solid. And my friends, and that is why Jesus is absolutely necessary. And listen, I realize that there's some of you, you're hearing this right now and you're saying, but why does Jesus necessary? Because every single way that you live your life based on a lie or falsehood, you miss God's best for your life. And you missing God's best for your life ends up becoming not God's best for other people's lives. Because you, in and of yourself, make mistakes, but then your mistakes begin to impact other people. And then when other people are being confronted with falsehood, then they have their own set of issues. And God values our lives so much that he holds us accountable for these things. And that is why... Putting your faith and trust in Jesus is the most freeing thing ever because in Christ, he, as the truth, begins to say, oh yeah, listen, that thing, yeah, no. No. That's not who we are. That's who you used to be. It's not who you are now. I've given you a new identity, I'm going to teach you how to live into it. You know, it's a beautiful thing when you think about it in the Bible, this idea of adoption in the Bible. I mean, adoption in the Bible, it's... Somebody who lives outside of that family and then somebody who gets brought into the family. Now, if you were raised outside of a family, and some of you know what this is like, you're raised outside of a family, right? And then you get adopted into the family, right? And then you have all these ways that you are, but then you get adopted into the family. And if you have good adoptive parents, they say, oh yeah, listen, we just don't act that way in this house. I do this with my kids all the time. So I'm going, well, so-and-so, I'm like, well, guess what? Is your last name the same as so and so? And they're like, uh, no. I'm like, yeah, they may do that in their house, but we don't do that in our house. Look, they're responsible, God, for what they do in their house. We're responsible for God, what we do in our house. And, you know, if you got my last name, that's not what we do. And they're like, oh, okay. And that's exactly the way God deals with each one of us. Because for each one of us, what God does is you act a certain way. And if you have been bought with the price of Jesus' blood at the cross and you are now adopted in the family of God says, Oh yeah, you know, that's who you used to be in your other family. But in my house, we don't act that way. And I'm so grateful for that. And the word of God is what God uses to say, this is who we are in my family. It's like, this is like the family understanding of life in the world. So God's word helps us now. If you are believing lies and falsehood, I want you to make sure you understand where you're getting this from. Listen to John chapter eight, verse 44. You are, this is Jesus speaking, which is a horrifying statement he says here. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, if you want one reason not to want your life to be founded on lies and falsehood, is because according to Jesus, the father of lies is Satan, and he's been a murderer from the beginning, and he has always been a liar, and he's speaking from the pit of hell. And when you believe lies from the pit of hell, that's just dumb. Can we just admit that? You know, you got to get good information comes from good sources. So when you believe a lie that isn't the truth because Jesus is the truth, the truth is always in him. When you believe a lie, you're believing a lie from the pit of hell and that's just not smart. That's like taking financial advice from someone who's in bankruptcy. It's like taking eating advice from somebody who is falling apart physically. You see, Jesus is telling you, listen, the key for you is that you make sure that you don't believe things that are from the pit of hell. That Satan is speaking. So we gotta make sure that we want this lies and falsehood being removed from us. And then of course, Colossians chapter three, verses nine and 10. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. See, when you believe lies and falsehood, then you tell lies to one another out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And Paul is saying, listen, don't lie. Why? Because you put off the old person. You're new in Christ. And listen, if you're here today, and you have been born again, don't act like the old dead guy or dead gal. Dead in Christ. You're brand new in Christ. And if you are here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus before, listen, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you get a brand new nature from Jesus. And that old kind of the zombie version of you still rears its head every once in a while like a thriller movie, you know? For those of you kids from the 80s, it's the thriller. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like that person's still around, but it's really dead. Don't act like the dead person, the dead version of you. Because you've been alive in Christ. And then, so first you have this idea of wanting his character to have integrity. And then he moves into what is something that could endanger that character. In the middle of verse 8 it says, Give me neither poverty nor riches feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? And lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Now, I like to say it this way. You and I need to make sure that we avoid the extremes. Really, what he's saying is, Lord, help me to avoid the extremes. And he's talking about our personal finances. Now, we don't realize because it is a cultural idol how Countercultural, these verses are. Because in the day and age in which we live, especially living in the West in this day and age, the most impoverished among us, by and large, are wealthy by global standards. You have to realize that on this globe, there are almost two billion people who live on less than $2 a day. So you think about living on less than $2 a day. Like, what can you buy for $2 in America right now? You can buy exactly eight mini Reese's peanut butter cups. You can buy a hot dog at 7 Eleven, right? You can buy three cans of beans on sale in the store for two bucks for a whole day, right? And so, We have to put our lives in a greater perspective. And I think one of the things that God is really wanting to do in his kids. The reason God's desire for generosity is so strong in his people is because God realizes that in the area of your finances, those numbers, you can't change the numbers on the online billing. And there's something so specific about those numbers that for many of us, we just think that that's our source. We think that that's what pays our bills. And isn't that always the problem? Idolatry is always when we ascribe source to something other than God. And so we need, I believe, all of us, Like I would say, God doesn't need our money. We need to learn how to be generous. God's not like sitting up there being like, man, I'm like, you know, the the economy's great, but I'm poor. God doesn't need our money, but we need to learn how to be generous. Why? Because until you learn that your checking account is not your source, your life will always be fraught with anxiety, which is the antithesis of the abundant life. How can your life be abundant? When you're terrified about finances, terrified about the future, terrified about the present, terrified about the past, making decisions now that are going to have you all the way in the future. How is that the abundant life? And really what we learn here is that your finances can endanger your character in some of the most insane ways. And we don't even realize it because we live in a world that we got a pair of bills. I said that we need to avoid the extremes. Now, if you notice what Agar says here, he says to them, give me neither poverty nor riches. So he's saying, listen, I don't want to be on either end of the spectrum, right? I don't want to give me neither where I don't have enough or I have too much, Right? And that's why I say avoid the extremes because I think what he's trying to drive to is that on either end of the extreme, there is the potential for a big problem. Listen to what he says. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you and say who is the Lord? So really what he says is on the problem of abundance, so much extra, what could happen? He said, then I be full and I deny you. Because you feel self-sufficient. You feel like, I have everything I need. And in a lot of ways, this riches, this abundance that he's talking about, this is the situation that 21st century America finds itself in. Where by and large, people are not praying in their daily bread, their necessary sustenance for the day. And so because of it, people say, I got everything that I need. I don't need help. I don't need God. I got everything that I need right here. Right? And so you see how in a position of abundance, it'd be so easy to think of yourself as self-sufficient. Which, even for many of us who've been walking with Jesus a long time, isn't it a daily struggle in the day and age in which we live? Self-sufficiency? Feeling like, I got this. It's fine. Be fine. I get sick, let's go to the doctor. Something happens, pull out the credit card. Now, listen, I'm not knocking those things. I do the same thing. But the key is is that when you find your sufficiency In something other than Jesus, you are building your house on the sand. Because all those things, moth and rust can destroy, thieves can break in and steal. That's what Jesus said. He said, don't store up treasure on earth. Store it up in heaven. But for so many of us, even though we know these truths, we're still storing up treasures on earth. And in some ways, given the abundance of what we have, we can't help it. So we have to be careful. And in the same way, on the other side of the coin, so to speak, he says, or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. So on one side you have the abundant side, and then the other side, in extreme poverty, lest I be poor and then I steal, and then my actions actually take God's name in vain. We cast dispersions on the name of God because the way that we are acting says that God isn't real. Now, what's really amazing is in our day and age, in a world of abundance, stealing is still very common, right? Why? Because when our source and our hope is in our checkbook, now all of a sudden there's never enough, is there? There's never enough, right? And so your finances, if you're not careful, can endanger your character, Whether you become self-sufficient and a character that's built on self-sufficiency as opposed to God-sufficiency. It's going to be a character that's going to be found faulty. And a character that is founded on God hasn't taken care of me so I'm going to steal from other people. That's also a life that lacks integrity. Now, Paul in writing to Timothy says something really powerful. This is 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 10. It says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain that we will carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content." but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows Jesus is
1: Today, Pastor Daniel asked us to take a hard look at where we're placing our trust. Is it in our finances, or is it in the one who provides for our every need? As we studied a simple proverb today, we learned that trusting God is the better and lasting way to go. We can ask our Heavenly Father to provide exactly what we need, not too little or too much, so that the extremes don't distract us from correctly portraying His character. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio.
0: I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus. But I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources into your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400, 51400,
1: and we'll get some resources into your hands. Now don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands, and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel reminds us that there's two sides to every coin. In other words, we can't take just one side of a controversy and run with it. Pastor Daniel will encourage all of us to be open to a new perspective on different topics, namely the opinion of our Creator. God needs to have a say in how we live out our faith, and our answers can likely be found in the Word. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.